0: Welcome back to the MarTech
1: Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss how to make an impact in marketing for early stage startups. Joining us today is Kate Walling, founder and CEO of Traction Hero, which is a tech-savvy marketing agency that solves high-growth companies' most pressing marketing challenges. Their nimble and flexible business model is optimized to deliver efficient results on your most urgent and important marketing projects by delivering an on-demand seamless marketing solution to help lean organizations accomplish more. Yesterday, Kate and I talked about some of the biggest social media trends and marketing trends that are going to impact startups in 2020. And today, we're going to discuss how startup founders can build their brands on a limited marketing budget. Okay, here's my conversation with Kate Walling, founder and CEO of Traction Hero. Kate, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast.
2: Hey, thanks for having me back.
1: Excited to continue our conversation. Yesterday, we talked high level about some of the biggest marketing trends for small companies, early stage startups. Content is becoming more important. PPC efforts are becoming more expensive. Brands need to be more diverse. They're also starting to integrate some CRM and more marketing technology into their stacks. Let's talk about life for an early stage startup. If you're running an early stage startup and you don't have a ton of money, you're lean, you're friends and family, you're seed round funded, how are you going to make a splash and understand who your customers are without just throwing all your money into your performance marketing channels?
2: This is one of my favorite topics. The first thing that I think a lot of startup founders overlook is the power of their own personal email list. So what I always recommend is that founders keep an email list of their colleagues, people they work with, team members, family members, anyone that loves them enough to read the emails from them, and anyone that they meet at events through networking, et cetera, and send out regular email updates about what's going on with their startup. You would be shocked at how proud and how helpful personal networks are for entrepreneurs. Because although you're in the trenches and it feels very hard every day, there's a sense of pride for people who know you, who see you trying to work to make your dream happen, and they want to naturally help you. I found that really helpful, but there's a specific way to do that content in that email. And I think what you want to do is use a very friendly, fun voice to kind of explain. Here's what's happening in the startup. Here are the challenges I'm having. And then I always do a section at the bottom of, here's how you can help. And then bullet point that out. And usually, I'd say my click-through rate personally for these type of emails is around 90%. It's really high. And my response rate is extremely high. And either I'll get encouragement back, which is always helpful for an entrepreneur, but mostly I'll get people with feedback about what I exactly have asked them for or help in some way or some sort of contact. And they'll kind of have me top of mind. So I think that's one of the most important channels that you can have early stage.
1: I could not agree with you more. One of the first things I did, and actually not necessarily knowingly, this wasn't a strategy. When I went from working at an early stage startup to running my consulting business, right, I had a new product to get off the ground. And I went through LinkedIn, downloaded all my contacts, got all of their email address and sent a launch announcement that was saying, hey, exciting news I have moved on from my last startup and I'm taking on short-term projects. Honestly, this was my way of saying, hey, I have left the old company and rationalizing why I did that and letting people know that I was available for hire. What I found was that was an incredibly effective way to not only tell people what I was working on, but to actually find my first few customers. Go from zero to one. Often, that's the hardest part, understanding who your first customers are. So let's say you go through this process and you're reaching out to your personal network, your 1,500 to 5,000 contacts in LinkedIn or whoever is in your professional network. You send your email, you get a couple people that are interested in your products or services, maybe even starting to be your customers. What's the next step that is a low-cost way to start moving beyond just your personal network?
2: A couple of things. The other thing that I would say to do in addition to your email list is to start creating content for LinkedIn, because when people like that content, it's going out to their own network and you'll see a lot of shares from that. And I think that's a great strategy in relation to the email content, because you're kind of reinforcing that message in a public way and not just with your personal contacts. And because you're top of mind for your personal contacts, they'll help share that. And so I think those two go hand in hand. Outside of that, what you want to do initially is make a couple pieces of marketing collateral about what you're selling, whether that's a PDF one page or a sales deck or something that explains what you're selling or what you're doing just as an easy attachment and easy leave behind for people. And there are really easy ways to do that now because there are programs like Canva that have templates for all these different materials and you can build that very cost-effectively and really appealing by yourself without hiring a designer. So I always encourage people to think about a pretty easy piece of collateral that they could create to send as a follow-up.
1: Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost effective. Request a demo at Mutinex.co. That's M U T I N E X.co. I think that having something to distribute not only is important for continuing to engage your personal network, but it also gives you something to give to those first customers that you have, right? Your mom wants to tell the world that her little boy or girl has started a new company what can they send around? And so you're starting to build advocacy. You also mentioned the idea of not only developing marketing collateral, but content. How do you think about when you're expanding beyond just your personal network, starting to build your brand's voice and use content for the people that are interested in your products or services?
2: I think there are different stages. So what I recommend is with early stage content, what I typically do or use a couple channels to test what people like to hear from you. So a couple ways of doing this, Twitter is a great way to do that. Even though people feel that Twitter doesn't have the traction it once did, the people who are on Twitter are active on Twitter. So it's a good place to test content. So there are tools like Feedly. I really like Feedly for content. And that pulls in all the different RSS feeds of all these different sources that you like. It helps you find blog content that's related to topics that you like. And I think it's always helpful, especially in the very early days of your social media handle or Twitter account, you can test content there by posting articles and commenting on there and seeing how people react to that content. What are they drawn to? And I think that helps you get initial feedback to build what content maybe you should talk about.
1: So developing a content strategy is something that you can do on your own. You don't have to invest a lot of budget. It serves as the beginning of a marketing channel, right? You're not going to get a ton of traction from one blog post. But if you're consistently writing, you can start to see some traction over the first few months in your first year. But you can also take that content and share it on all of your various social networks and have it be syndicated by the people who are your enthusiasts. What are some of the other channels that you recommend marketers invest, not only time, but the limited budget they have in to start to drive growth?
2: Well, a couple of things is going back to Twitter a little bit. I recommend using tools that are compliant where you can start testing, growing your audience. My favorite one for Twitter is called Juicer, which is J-O-O-I-C-E-R. And it's pretty low cost. I think entrepreneurs always are like, I should have at least a decent number of followers or start getting there. And it helps them feel traction themselves. And it helps you see who's drawn to the content and helps get the numbers up on the content so you can see what's working. So I do recommend investing a little bit of money into really low-cost ways of building out lists and building out social media platforms. I think it's helpful for a lot of reasons. Beyond that, and entrepreneurs need to be careful with this, as I'm sure you've experienced, there's some really good marketing automation tools that are lower cost. And they're fairly new on the market. I think we're all very happy they came out because they used to be very expensive tools. And I think that these are tools worth using. I think some good old-fashioned reaching out on LinkedIn, finding people who might like your product and emailing them. I think some of that type of market research is important and easy, pretty low cost to do. But when you get into being able to do some pretty easy marketing automation you want to make sure your strategy is right. Because I think a lot of entrepreneurs want to drive that conversion instead of thinking through like what that customer interaction would be and how you could annoy someone pretty easily. But it's really powerful if you use it correctly, as you know.
1: I think that's very important. And when I think about actually spending money at an early stage startup, if I'm investing, I want it to be in something that is as close to revenue as possible, right? I'm not trying to necessarily generate A ton of awareness. I'm not necessarily trying to build a broad marketing blanket to capture a huge market. You probably can't serve all of those customers all at once. What I wanna do is be incredibly efficient, converting the customers that are somehow organically getting to my web products or services. And then I also wanna be able to have the ability to retarget prospects. And lastly, create some lookalike audiences off of the people that are actually converting instead of just saying, I'm just gonna generically market. Take the limited data that you can and work your way up the marketing funnel.
2: Absolutely. And anything that you can do to capture email based on people's interests, you want to do that and then nurture them. That's like you said, closer to revenue.
1: As you start to think about expansion and you are seeing some traction, you're building out your CRM system, you're able to convert the people that are coming to your website, you're able to get people that are visitors that have left to come back. Now you're ready to start reaching out and start building some awareness and just generate net new leads. What are some of the channels and some of the cost-efficient ways that you're seeing startup brands successfully start to actually scale?
2: First of all, you've got to think about your sales cycle and how that plays in with marketing. And it depends on your market. On B2B, events are really important. And getting in front of people and getting your target audience in front of you is really important. And then scaling that. So. What you can learn from hosting a small event or client event or new prospect event is what was successful there. And then how do we scale that in terms of webinar, in terms of demo videos, in terms of content, so that that material is helping the pipeline faster. And then also implementing that content into your marketing automation. So whenever you're looking at getting bigger, you're taking what works, obviously, and then doing that at a larger scale. And then you're taking out any sort of pain point as fast as you can on that conversion roadmap.
1: I think the last question that I have for you is the flip side. What are some of the don'ts? We're talking about the do's. You want to start with the people you know, build some enthusiasm, get some referrals, start to be able to convert people that are coming to your services and sites, work your way up the marketing funnel. What are some of the don'ts that you shouldn't do when you're an early stage startup with a limited budget?
2: So for founders, it does matter in terms of what your brand kind of initially looks like. So when we talk about early stage social media platforms and that type of thing, I would not dart social media platforms if the content you produce is going to not look very good, or if it's going to be off target, off topic, or any of those things. That's one thing that throws people off, because although you're not necessarily building up conversion for those channels, it is an impression that you give off. And it matters early stage when you're trying to get partnerships lined up, you're trying to get early stage employees involved, That does matter. I think it leaves an impression pretty quickly in terms of what's important for the other parts of the business. So I would be aware of that. You obviously want to have a plan and a strategy. And it's shocking to me how few founders are open to that early. Sometimes they just want to do this and that, or they have an idea in their head, but there's not really a focus or an understanding of what the overall marketing strategy will be or how marketing will play a role. And so I think that's a pretty large mistake because as we all know, a huge critical part of startups is the actual marketing piece and how that's going to work. So I'd say lack of a plan and lack of a strategy are problematic for sure.
1: I think that's incredibly important advice. And I think that if I had any advice myself, it's to be conservative. If you have a limited budget, don't put all your chickens in one basket and hope that your marketing efforts are going to work. You should be running small tests. You should be trying to figure out what works on a shoestring budget. You should be validating a channel first before you're investing in it. Start with the activities that are closest to revenue and work your way up into introducing your brand and services to new people that are far away from conversion.
2: Absolutely that brainstorm list of 10 to 15 marketing strategies that you do early on. And then you just test against that with enough budget to make it worth the test, but very conservatively, I couldn't agree with you more.
1: Glad we see things the same way. I wish I had known all of this when I was working in the early stage startup game myself. Appreciate the advice, Kate, and thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech podcast. Thanks to Kate Walling, founder and CEO of Traction Hero for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Kate, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send her a tweet. Her handle is Kate Walling, K-A-T-W-A-L-L-I-N-G. Or you can visit her company's website, which is tractionhero.com or her personal website, katewalling.com. Just one more link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can sign up for our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Schapp, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P.